0: Section 18 of Yet Again by Max Beerbohm. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A Homecoming Be like, returning from a long pilgrimage, in which you have seen many strange men and strange cities, and have had your imagination stirred by marvelous experiences, you have never, at the very end of your journey, almost inside of your home felt suddenly that all you had been seeing and learning was as not a pack of negligible illusions faint and forgotten from me however this queer sensation has not been withheld it befell me a few days ago in a cold grey dawn at the buffet at dover harbour I had spent two months far away, wandering and wondering, and now I had just fulfilled two-thirds of the little tripartite journey from Paris to London. I was sleepy, as one always is after that brief and twice-broken slumber. I was chilly, for is not the dawn always bleak at Dover, and perforated always with a bleak and drizzling rain? I was sad, for I had watched from the deck the white cliffs of Albion coming nearer and nearer to me, towering over me, and in the familiar drizzle looking to me more than ever ghastly, for that I had been so long and so far away from them. Often, though that harsh, chalky coast had thus borne down on me, I had never yet felt so exactly and lamentably like a criminal arrested on an extradition warrant. In its sleepy, chilly shell, my soul was still shuddering and whimpering. Piteously, it conjured me not to take it back into this cruel humdrum. It rose up and fawned on me, down sir down said i sternly i pointed out to it that needs must when the devil drives and that it ought to think itself a very lucky soul for having had two happy sunny months of fresh and curious adventure a sorrow's crown of sorrow it murmured is remembering happier things I declared the sentiment to be as untrue as was the quotation trite, and told my soul that I looked keenly forward to the pleasure of writing, in collaboration with it, that book of travel for which I had been so sedulously amassing notes and photographs by the way. This colloquy was held at a table in the buffet. I was sorry, for my soul's sake, to be sitting there. Britannia owns nothing more crudely and inalienably Britannic than her buffets. The barmaids are but incarnations of her own self, thinly disguised. The stale buns and the stale sponge-cakes must have been baked, one fancies, by her own heavy hand. Of her everything is redolent she it is that has cut the thick stale sandwiches bottled the bitter beer brewed the unpalatable coffee cold and hungry though i was one sip of this coffee was one sip too much for me i would not mortify my body by drinking more of it although i had to mortify my soul by lingering over it till one of the harassed waiters would pause to be paid for it i was somewhat comforted by the aspect of my fellow-travellers at the surrounding tables dank dishevelled dismal they seemed to be resenting as much as i the return to the dear homeland "'I suppose it was the contrast between them and him "'that made me stare so hard at the large young man "'who was standing on the threshold and surveying the scene. "'He looked, as himself would undoubtedly have said, "'fit as a fiddle, or right as rain. "'His cheeks were rosy, his eyes sparkling. "'He had his arms akimbo.' and his feet planted wide apart. His grey bowler rested on the back of his head to display a sleek coating of hair plastered down over his brow. In his white satin tie shone a dubious but large diamond. There was the counter-attraction of geraniums and maidenhair fern in his buttonhole. So fresh was the nosegay that he must have kept it in water during the passage. Or perhaps these vegetables had absorbed by mere contact with his tweeds the subtle secret of his own immorcessibility. I remembered now that I had seen him, without realizing him, on the platform of the Gare du Nord. Gay Paris, "'was still written all over him. "'But evidently he was no repiner. "'Unaccountable though he was, "'I had no suspicion of what he was about to do. "'I think you will hardly believe me "'when I tell you what he did. "'A traveller's tale, you will say with a shrug. "'Yet I swear to you "'that it is the plain and solemn truth.' If you still doubt me, you have the excuse that I myself hardly believed the evidence of my eyes. In the buffet of Dover Harbor, in the cold grey dawn, in the brief interval between boat and train, the large young man, shooting his cuffs, strode forward, struck a confidential attitude across the counter, and began to flirt with the barmaid. Open-mouthed, fascinated, appalled, I watched this monstrous and unimaginable procedure. I was not near enough to overhear what was said, but I knew by the respective attitudes that the time-honoured ritual was being observed strictly by both parties i could see the ice of haughty indifference thawing little by little under the fire of gallant raillery i could fix the exact moment when indeed became i dare say and when well i must say gave place to go along and when oh i don't mind you not particularly "'was succeeded by, "'Who gave you them flowers?' "'All in the cold grey dawn.' "'The cry of, "'Take your places, please,' "'startled me into realization "'that all the other passengers "'had vanished. "'I hurried away, "'leaving the young man "'still in the traditional attitude "'which he had assumed "'from the first. "'One elbow sprawling "'on the counter,' One foot cocked over the other. My porter had put my things into a compartment exactly opposite the door of the buffet. I clambered in. Just as the guard blew his whistle, the young man, or monster, came hurrying out. He winked at me. I did not return his wink. I suppose I ought really to have raised my hat to him. Pre-eminently he was one of those who have made England what it is. But they are the very men whom one does not care to meet just after long truancy in preferable lands. He was the backbone of the nation, but ought backbones to be exposed?' Though I would rather not have seen him then and there, I did realize, nevertheless, the overwhelming interest of him. I knew him to be a stranger sight, a more memorable and instructive, than any of the fair sights I had been seeing. He made them all seem nebulous and unreal to me. Beside me lay my despatch box I unlocked it, drew from it all the notes and all the photographs I had brought back with me. These, one by one, methodically, I tore up, throwing their fragments out of the window, not grudging them to the wind. End of Section 18